0: Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of The Stardom Cast. I'm your host Rob Good and I'm joined by Chris O'Brien. How are you, Chris?
1: I'm fine. I'm going to get drunk tonight. That's going to be fun. Um, I'm just happy to be talking about my favourite wrestling in the world right now.
0: (laughs) It's a lovely little birthday present for you, isn't it? Because it was your birthday on Wednesday, Chris, wasn't it? How old were you?
1: I'm 23 now.
0: 23 years old ladies and gentlemen and everyone everyone that listens to this podcast will be like
1: i fucking hate him i fucking hate him (laughs) and (laughs) to be fair i'm 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 around the same age as tyler bay which makes me feel like a failure so i can't imagine (laughs) what tyler (laughs) bay makes you and gar feel like (laughs) (laughs) look what
0: he's doing at 23 look at what i'm doing at 23 yeah i can see that to be yeah i mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm t- I'm struggling through uni and he's there going, "Oh, I'm one of the best I'm best wrestlers in the world." I'm like, "Yeah, well, fuck you. You're fucking sexy man." I can I can't be mean to Tyler Bates. He's just so You're attractive, fucking isn't Sexy
0: it? man. Damn you. You sexy
1: bastard. <laughs> stupid sexy t- stupid sexy bait. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> Tyler Bate is an absolute piece of bait. Now, um we're not here to talk about sexy men. We're here to talk about really scary women. We're um, here to cause... talk
0: about scary women. We are indeed, Chris. And why are we here, here to... to talk about scary women, Chris? Because <laughs> it's a Stardom
1: podcast. It is a Stardom podcast. <laughs> it is a Stardom podcast. <laughs> like, there's literally, there's literally no other reason there's this is a podcast about Stardom. What the fuck else are we meant to talk about? Um, we're here to talk about the um 25th of January, um. Ninth anniversary show from Corican Hall, um, Stardom's monthly Corican show being their anniversary show, so we pulled out all the stops, honestly I'd say most of this card is is above average and like about half of it is amazing, and then we, we're going to have a little, a couple points for the Osaka show, mostly because Kigetsu retired with the new champion crowned, um, and the high speed GP continues, which has been sort of nothing so far, but you know it's worth talking about. And yeah, we're just here to sort of blast through what, cause it's been a quiet month for Sodom, really, hasn't it? Cause after, um, all of their post new year, um, stuff like from this Corican to now, there's basically only been a Sack show and the Corican show yesterday, with, um, yesterday, tomorrow, today, it's at some point, uh, in any case we won't be covering about, we'll be covering about next time. Anyway, Rob, how much of the Corican show did you watch?
0: So obviously we had the ninth anniversary show at Corican, um which yeah. 1602 people attended which is an absolutely yes. st- astonishing um sort of amount of people to go to this show Um, yeah for
1: for a non-new japan company to draw nearly 2000 is pretty rare nowadays
0: absolutely and it was a good show like you mentioned i watched um everything apart from the dark match the dark match was tokyo cyber squad team of rina and rawaka defeating the queen's quest team of hina and leo on in three minutes and 39 seconds didn't watch that um so the first match
1: um there was a really very quickly, the, the, there was one, only one really good part of that where it was—it was like a rip cord into a doula throw. That was a cool move. I forget who did it, but like, yeah, this match was passable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we move on then to a three-way exhibition really for the high-speed GP um, with Zoomy defeating Starlight Kid and Zoe Sky in six minutes and three seconds. What did you think, Chris?
1: It was fun. I'll, every time a Zoom and Starlight Kid gets into a, a ring, the match is automatically a six or above, but also never quite reaches above an eight. <laughs> but this was still extremely fun. Um, Zoe Sky more than kept up, which like is very hard with a Zoomian and Starlight Kid because they are basically two fucking bullets, um, in the ring. No, I, like I just it was a, generally just an enjoyable opener, nothing groundbreaking, but honestly for the six minutes it is, I just recommend watching it if you're going to watch through this card. Yeah, it was
0: high speed at its finest, it was, it was, especially the opening was extremely quick paced, like you said Zoe Sky kept up, I thought her backpack stunner was great, Um, though her music doesn't fit her character in any fucking way no, whatsoever. No, not in any fucking way, like
1: what, what should she be coming out to though, what would you have her come out to?
0: Just I don't know anything that's not some kind of poppy princess music which is what seemed to come on because at the t- during her post uh, pre match interview she was sort of tanning and talking about how you know she was going to beat Azumi and stuff like it and being effectively acting like a heel and then her music hits and it's like yeah. what the fuck
1: is this well, she, honestly i think she needs hip hop she like she's a hip hop character
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sort of really embrace that as opposed to the weird techno dance music that we seem to be enduring during that match. Um, It's a small complaint. Like you mentioned earlier, I thought Azumi and Starlight Kids exchanges were the best, um, though the double sunset flip pinfall attempt looked a bit messy. Um, Yeah,
1: but I think that's the spot best. When you consider how young we are and how hard it is to do that spot well, like Osprey and Saber in the in their match barely managed to do like sun um flips into flips. Well, and they're two of the best in the world. So, and honestly, I kind of blacked them off on that one.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I gave it six altogether.
1: Yeah, I gave it a six. It's like it's very unlikely for a match going six minutes to reach seven, but also like a match that goes ten minutes can reach nine. So like it's weird how times work in wrestling. Anyway, <laughs> the next match was the six man tag team not match. Not much then. to talk about, to be honest. But, not you know, at all. It, not at all. It, it was on. Yeah. It was um, it was Oeditai team of Natsukotora, Natsu Kotori, ah, Natsu Natsu and Saki versus um, the Young Stars team of people I'm not even going to bother naming because I'm not going to have to worry about when who the names are for like five years yet. Apart from Ida, who is getting much better, and I'm really enjoying her. Yeah, Ida's my age. She doesn't look my age, does she? No, neither none
0: of this team look above about fourteen. But,
1: yeah, Ida's twenty two. <laughs> Ida's 22. How old's Hoshino? Um, Hoshino is. She's one of the young ones. Oh, Hoshino's 22 as well. Kamatani? Kamatani is 23. Oh, these are. Oh, I thought. They all look 15.
0: They do. They do all look ridiculously young. And, like you say, you're probably not going to have to worry about them for another couple of years yet before they, you know, really ascend into the main event
1: scene. Ida's starting to like. I I wouldn't be surprised if Ida's in the five star this year, so. Yeah, but um... she's not going to do
0: well in the five-star, is she?
1: No, she's going to be a um, pin eater. But, or like, maybe she'll take someone big to a draw. But although um, this match was definitely set up just to get Saki's heel character over. It's her first big show since turning. And I don't know. I, I prefer in her out of time just because in Sars she was literally just a nothing. Like She was in last month and you probably don't remember a damn thing about her. <laughs>
0: No, not at all. I I remember the turn, but that's unfortunately literally it, which is quite a shame, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, and I've been watching for ages, and Saki sort of had no matches of note, really. Like, she's been in a few good 6 months, but, like, she's literally been the worst person in the six-men. Honestly, the best part of this match was when Ida, like, literally hulked up and became Walter for a little while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it... (laughs) It was five star- it was five stars
1: for me. I, uh, honestly I'd give I'd give it a six just because Edith Hulk enough I was like, Holy shit, she's finally lost it.
0: Re I don't think it was anywhere near as good as the Izumi Starlight Kids Zoe Sky match. And since we're giving that a six, I don't I mean, think we can know. give the six minus e uh, six, to be perfectly
1: honest. Get- well, the high six versus the low six here, I think. I'm not going to argue with you because we're going to have even bigger disagreements as this card goes on.
0: I can imagine so. Um, let's move on then. Third match, Tam Nakano defeating Kagetsu in 10 minutes and 15 seconds. Um, Tam Nakano, again, looks adorable and then just unleashes, <laughs> which is just absolutely fucking terrifying.
1: It's such, a, it's such a juxtaposition, isn't it? It's like if Garth suddenly like came out as this amazingly progressive person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, we can say what we want about Garth on this one because I don't think he's going to listen to this one. Yeah, he's
1: definitely not going to listen. Like It's like if Garth came out and was like, you know what? I agree with the person who's offended.
0: <laughs> um, Kigetsu, amazing, it's... really, really good. It's such a shame she's retiring. Obviously, I know there's um, she backstage really stuff here. The
1: story in the post-match, did Kigetsu.
0: She did. She did. And I'm glad like, it only she... went 10 we... minutes as well.
1: Yeah, but honestly, this is probably the best match under fifteen minutes all year.
0: Um, yeah, I'd, I'd argue it's it's up there definitely. Like, the
1: only the only real competition it has is Zack versus um, Saber at Tokyo Dome, but I'd argue this is better because this match actually felt like a fully formed epic within ten minutes
0: yeah and like it, this... it didn't feel like ten minutes either it it flowed by really really well it, at no point did it feel like it was going too long it, you know as it wouldn't do at ten minutes, but it it flowed very well. The story was put together very well,
1: yeah, but it's flow but so the story was told like Kagetsu going up a ring sort of just sauntering about, yeah, and then um coming back. In, and then they just throwing bombs at each other for the rest of the match um, Tam Nakano is somehow getting better and she was already one of the best to start when I started watching about six months ago
0: Yeah, no, I agree I mean, obviously I've seen very limited amounts of Tam Nakano but this was this was great this was really, really good and I actually preferred this to the Orisa match
1: um, I'm actually inclined to agree with you I gave
0: it a 9 I gave it an 8, but I'm willing to give it a 9
1: yeah, especially since again we have a massive disagreement coming up. But yeah, no, this match was like honestly, and for that ten minutes you don't really have much of an excuse. Seriously, check this out. Because then after the, after the match, um, Tam getting really emotional, we could get so you go and thank you for letting me on our website so I can actually follow this. Like it was like again, it was a fully formed story within ten minutes, and like, I'm, it's refreshing with Stardom because again we we're, we're in a climate a climate in new japan where unless there's a never open weight match title matches feel like they have to go 25 or longer whereas in like stardom we're just sort of like we'll let we'll give them as much time as they need and then we'll just let them get on with it like seriously the runtime of this whole show is 90 minutes and the whole thing's great so
0: yeah i agree um Moving on then to the first championship match of the show, and it was the Goddesses of Stardom title match, which is, again, Stardom's tag team titles, with the team of B. Priestley and Jamie Hayter defeating the Tokyo Cyber Squad team and the current champions, Jungle, Kiona and Konami, in 12 minutes and 55 seconds. I have a question, Chris, regarding this. So yeah, obviously Jamie at the time of re- at the time of this match Jamie Hater is in Oeditai, Tai and B Priestley is in Queen's Quest. Now in our first yeah. podcast we talked about how the units are very strict or far more strict than they are in New Japan. So why yeah, is less.
1: it It honestly I think it's because um two reasons one there's new owners. So I think there's just people sort of getting into this Scene things with that. And also, um, there's been an unbelievable exodus with a Wedatai. Like, remember it this way. With Fire Pro DLC there was three people from Awedatai who went in, which was Andras, Kagetsu and and Hazuki. Kagetsu and Hazuki have retired and Andras got kicked out of a Wedatai. So Wedatai was like very anemic. Even so, you know. So like this is sort of a this is um the turn that's happened. Life from the night was all down to that, and with B Priestley and Jamie Hayter, they are an established tag team from the tag league, and that's before the Bushi Road buyout. And like honestly, it was just because they're the Gaijins. So, okay, so
0: that was what I wanted to ask because that was what confused me at with you having obviously said that you know the unit and factions in Stardom are far more strict than they are in New Japan. I just wanted to check that.
1: Yeah, I I completely I I do completely forget the. Um, but they did tag team. It's literally just because Priestley was for champion. She didn't want to team with anyone. In, like Azum- Basically, in Queen's Quest, Azumi was already taken, which is who B would want to tag with. So she was like, fuck it. I'm having Hater. To- I can do whatever the fuck I want.
0: Fair enough. So this match, then, Chris, um, I love the dynamic between Jamie and B. I think it's great. Um, Jungle in this match, I thought she did a great job. Her and Jamie Hater, Jungle as you was already mentioned. Here, yeah. I thought the fact beating facts,
1: the shit out of each other,
0: but then even when she was literally on her last leg, she's kneeling down, she's getting the shit beaten out of her by Jamie Hater. She didn't tag out because she was like, "No, I need to beat Jamie Hater," and she didn't tag Konami in for absolutely fucking ages. And I thought that was a really, no, she- really good story beat.
1: Yeah, she didn't tag in Konami until she absolutely had to. Um, like, honestly, Kiona and Konami are two of the like most underpushed people in wrestling right now. It's kind of criminal, especially with Kiona. But, like, actually, something that happened on the 9th anniversary show um, in Osaka um, that sort of changed, which I'm very happy about. But, like, there's one spot in this match I want to mention, Rob, and it's going to seem so minor that you're going to hate me, but also, like, I really appreciated it. So, you know how there's an unwritten rule in wrestling where, like, if you even touch during a submission or a pin, in in a tag match that gets broken up. Yes,
0: it's extremely annoying.
1: Yes. In this, Konami came in and started kicking the shit out of B, and B didn't let go of his submission. Which was brilliant, because that is exactly what you should do. No, exactly. Until the point where, like, literally I'm in so much pain, I cannot hold it. Like, you should never, unless it's like a fucking Ibushi or a Riftler kick, you should not let go on the first kick.
0: No, never. And I thought that was really, really good. There was a... There was a moment as well. There was um, a tag team move between t- um, Konami and um, Kyo- uh, Jungle, where they did a drop kick assisted power bomb onto B. So they got um, B yep. up in a power bomb with Jamie Hater on the floor, and then um, I think Konami came off the top, drop kicked B, and the power bomb onto Jamie. I, just, I really, really loved that. I thought that was great. Um, despite that there was still some really, really botchy bits in it from Jamie Hayter. So, for example, there was a suicide dive, which looked incredibly botchy, um, and then there was a lariat, which just looked... It looked really, really messy. Um, And I don't know. I don't know whether that... It didn't take anything away from it for me that much, um, but it was something that I did notice, and it was on more than one occasion. I don't know if you noticed that, Chris.
1: I did and like within the grand scheme of stardom where everything is so crisp being Jamie sort of stand out as not being crisp but I think that sort of lends it to him I think that sort of lends like it's like in All Japan in the 90s with Hansen, how he was very different I, so I kind of like it but also yeah sometimes it does look a bit messy um, I think honest, but honestly I don't, I don't, it didn't affect the match quality for me just okay. because, like, the main driving force of this match was Jungle Kiona and her selling and her being one of the best in stardom. I love Jungle so much.
0: Yeah, it was, it was really, really good. Um, of course, we did have a title change here, though, with B winning with a Japanese Ocean Cyclone Suplex. Oh, she's not
1: allowed to call it that. Oh, is she not? <laughs> do you want to hear about the drama?
0: Of course I want to hear about the drama. Love a bit of drama.
1: So do you know who invented that move? Uh, Aja Kong. No, Meteor, Manami Toyota. <laughs> to be fair, it was one of Kong's greatest tracks. Anyway, it was Manami Toyota, and um, B didn't ask permission before taking it.
0: Right, so she's not so allowed to call it. Toyota,
1: that. So yeah, so she, she basically she has heat with Manami Toyota, and Stardom don't want that. Um, so it's like she called it the Queen's Landing, which I think is a better move to a uh, better name, to be honest.
0: Oh, absolutely, that's a far like, better name. I,
1: like, I'm sure there's going to be a Joshi fan listening going, ugh, go watch Big Wrestling, Big Egg Wrestling University, cunts. But um, no. I don't care. It's a better name. Yeah, agree.
0: it is a better name. I agree. Although, uh, like,
1: some some Joshi fans do good people. Like, that Joshi fan in Inside the Ropes, I won't name his name, but if you're in Inside the Ropes, you know him. And, like, he was trying to sell Joshi to someone, going, how can someone say no to a former softcore erotica staff being shit-out with someone? I'm like, honestly, if that's how Joshi was explained to me, I would never tried start.
0: no it does need to be explained a little bit better than that
1: no um... exactly like but you either need to like go hey look they're really fast matches like imagine if lucha underground and need japan had a baby or um you need to go to do what i did and wear down um your podcast co-host for about six months before they give up <laughs>
0: Um, Jamie Hater and B Priestley, of course, become the first Gaijin team to hold the Goddesses of Stardom title. So, Yeah,
1: I believe the Gaijin has held the title, but not a Gaijin team. No. Um, I'll double check that right now because there's not been a ton of. um let's see see. Um, tyrants. But yeah, um, honestly, Jungle and. Um, thingy have held it so long that it's not that big. I'm not that, that sad that they've lost it. Yeah. So. I'm just and like again. I think after um, B had a, had, in some people's estimation, a bad reign. I thought it was really good personally. Um, that yeah, it's probably the best place for her to be in the tag team division. And honestly, for the way B wrestles, which is very like quick, high impact, and then fucking off, I think it I, it really fits her. So. Um, it doesn't look like there's any... Oh no, Hailey Hatred, I think. She can't be Japanese. Oh, Alpha Female. She's definitely not Japanese. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's been um, Gaijins, but not Gaijin teams. Cool. Um,
0: just quickly, um, do you think it's the right... Oh, what would you oh, rate this match? I well, I was going to say, do you... yeah, do not matter. Um, I'd give it seven.
1: See, i give it an eight, mostly because of um, the not breaking up spot.
0: I would have given it eight, but you had two botchy spots from Jamie, and then you there was a bit that really annoyed me with B and I know it sounds like I'm being really, really picky. She was there was a snap there, and then um I think it was Jungle came off the ropes and hit her in the back with a kick. And B tensed about an hour and a half too early.
1: Yeah. Um and I know that sounds like yeah, I'm being she... really picky. But like, I guess if ju- someone like jungle's fairly sizable, so I guess if someone's running, uh, jung- someone like jungle's running at you, and you know there's not enough space to do anything. That's what you do.
0: Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. I'll I'll concede. I'll give it eight. That's fine. Yeah.
1: Um. We have to remember is that I'm really, really, really enthusiastic about Stardom, and Rob Stov sort of just not as enthusiastic as me. he still loves it, but like he's not as enthusiastic as me.
0: I do enjoy watching Stardom. I wouldn't say I love it. It's it's great, and I do well, enjoy the- watching it.
1: It's. it's- it's really easy to watch as well, just because the show again the shows are about maybe ninety minutes long if you um, skip some of the promos. Yeah, which like absolutely. I do because like on like where someone in Tam versus Kugetsu, it matters, but like who the fuck cares what Zoe Sky has to say?
0: Hey, she was tanning. That's what she had to say. Um, we well, move on then although, to um, go on. Sorry,
1: if you want some good pre-match, if you, if you want some good pre-match interviews for Stardom, go go watch some old Chris Wolf ones. Chris Wolf. they're amazing okay she's like I'm a wolf I'm gonna eat people fair enough amazing. fair it's enough he's like I like tasty meat are you tasty
0: meat <laughs> <laughs> oh my god WWE would love shit like that absolutely love shit like that um gotcha. <laughs> we move on then to a six woman tag team match with the team uh well Julia's team we won't um